0: Hi, my name is Melissa Lee Kissel, and you are listening to the Out of the Overwhelm podcast. Hey loves, I am so excited that you are joining me for the very first episode of Out of the Overwhelm. This topic that we're going to work on today together is just the perfect um, topic because one, it's January 1st, 2022, when I'm recording this. And I swear, I did not plan it this way. I am a person that just goes with the flow of inspiration. I'm a creative. And I was just really um, having these ideas on my heart. And I knew I always wanted to create a podcast. Um, but yeah, like I cannot ignore... Uh, any longer, all the lessons learned that I would love to share with you, because I think what's personal is very general. Um, I know that's kind of a very common saying, but it is so true, and um, yeah, so new beginnings, not just with this podcast, but this is a chance to really do this year together, so I'm happy you're here. And I hope that each one of you finds something that really speaks to you. And my heart's desire is just that you leave feeling that your time with me was well spent. And I just want to preference this episode and really the entire podcast is I can't be anything but me. So I know I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea. And you can expect me to share a lot of personal stories and, you know, that may not sit well with some people. Some people may think I'm oversharing, but I can't be anything but me and I can't be anything but honest as to how I have come to these lessons in life okay? So I can give you all the hints and tips in the world, but I really believe that it's not going to help you if you can't get information from your head to your heart. So you can really think you understand an idea, but until you apply that in the real world, until you see how that idea is applicable to you now in your life, it's just wasted energy, really. And so Buckle up, Buttercup. We are about to take this podcast for a spin. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about why New Year's resolutions suck, real-life stories from the pit, and how to find more happiness this year. I'm going to also touch on the three most typical New Year's resolutions, and my personal experience with how I know that those resolutions will not make you happy, so they're not going to work the way you think they're going to work, and what you should do instead of making New Year's resolutions this year. You're going to end up with some key takeaways to get out of the overwhelm and step into your past life. So let's get started. Hey loves, I'm a personal development junkie, and I have been for the last 20 years. No seriously, I am a self-care advocate and life coach, and I am passionate about helping other women out of the overwhelm and into the happiest, most authentic versions of themselves. I hold multiple certifications in a variety of fields that combined allow me to customize healing and energizing self-care rituals for my clients. I've been through and come through a lot. Chronic pain and fatigue, depression and anxiety, and just about postpartum everything. I'm an empath with compassion and intuition for others' needs. Now I help other women get unstuck with practical self care tips on makeup and skincare, to custom self care rituals you can use to nourish your body, mind, and soul. So, what are you waiting for? It's time to take your power back. Let's get started. okay, as I said in my intro, or maybe it didn't end up in this intro, (laughs) but I am a recovering perfectionist, and I am really showing restraint right now. I'm not going to go back and listen to that intro. I'm going to trust that I got my message across, and we're going to move on to the goody goods. So I am going to start with why I think resolutions suck. (laughs) And that is the idea that resolutions assume that you are broken and you need to fix something. And that if you just fix this one broken piece, you're going to be better and you're going to have the life you always wanted and you're going to be happy. I mean, isn't that the underlying motivation of everything we do? We're trying to avoid suffering and be happy. And so it makes sense to have goals, right? When we achieve something, we know that we feel good. But I'd like you to question why you want the things you want. Okay. So I'm going to use a really personal story that I chose, particularly for this podcast, because it is going to show you exactly why. The typical New Year's resolutions like wanting to lose weight or what else is there, wanting to find the perfect partner, uh, wanting to get that new job or that new promotion is not going to make you happy, okay? And um, if you have already set those New Year's resolutions or if you have set them before in the past and that's worked for you, great. But stick with me here because I think you're still going to get something very, very valuable out of this talk. Okay, so this is how we're going to roll. I'm going to pretend like I'm telling this story to one of my friends because I do pull out some of these from time to time when I think it would benefit someone else. And I'm just going to trust that the feedback I've gotten in the past is going to, you know, come through this. podcast and this element. So let's just dive into it. So the story I'm going to share with you guys today is when my fiance left me. Without warning, I just came home one day from work and he had moved out all of his stuff. And I always say like, I really knew he was gone, not because his clothes were gone, but because the Xbox (laughs) was gone. Um, but yeah, honestly, it was a really crushing, heartbreaking experience. And pulling myself out of the pit of depression that caused, um, you know, taught me a lot in my life. And it was the catalyst for me diving so deep into personal development. So I am, you know, a confessed self-help book junkie. I love all the things. I love all the documentaries. I love reading about other people's life experiences and lessons learned. And so this was really the catalyst. And it all happened when I was 21. And that sounds really young to have the same weight as when you're 31. But let me just put in perspective that this person was my whole world. This person was very jealous. And I had met them at the beginning of grade 10. So I've been with this person for seven years. We had been living together in a condo that I purchased for a whole year, so we were already considered common law. I had intertwined my life with this person so deeply that their friends were my friends. I know a lot of people can relate. Um, It was a rookie mistake um, doing that, but yeah, I was the people-pleasing person and it was just too much of a fight every time I went out with my girls, and so that just eventually stopped happening. And also, his family became my family. I spent pretty much every single weekend, think about how many weekends are in a year, at his house since probably around the beginning of 11th grade. So his family was my family. It was what I knew. And then to come home with no warning, it's not like we were people that really fought. I think I have been and always will be the person that tries to avoid confrontation. And I'm always willing to um, maybe give more than I should. Um, We are all works in progress, but I've I've really upped my boundaries in the 20 years since this has happened. But yeah, he was my whole world. And (sighs) oh my gosh, just reliving this is, it's really heavy. And I like to laugh things off, but you know, it was a, a really, really bad Shock to me. So, again, no warnings. There was no fights. In fact, earlier in the week, maybe less than a week before this happened, he had written me a little love note and left it when he dropped off the car for me at work. I'd been working a lot of late nights. Um, We were implementing this huge project that was like going on for two years. And, you know, I was key to everything. I was coordinating everybody and everything, I knew it inside and out. And, uh, yeah, so I came home from work one day and opened the door and all of his stuff was gone. All of his clothes, everything. There wasn't even a note saying why. I tried calling his, um, family, all the people that I knew. Nobody had heard from him. It was just like, nobody saw this coming. Nobody knew what was going on. Nobody could tell me anything and when he did eventually pop his head up like a week or two later with his family or whatever it asked him they just passed on to me that that he doesn't want to talk to me and he and i really had no resolution now the reason why i bring this up is because this experience instantly and for a very long time after magnified all my self doubts all of my limiting beliefs To the point where they had to be addressed, where I could not move forward in life unless I went through all of the damage that this experience has caused and all of the beliefs that got me into that situation where it could do so much damage. So now you all get to the benefit of years of therapy and and self help books. And uh, yeah. So. Let's get into how this relates to New Year's resolutions. So this story came to mind right away when, you know, the number one resolution that you often hear is everybody wants to lose weight or get into shape or change something about their body. Um, I think maybe in this day and age, people will say that they want to get healthier. And that is, I think, a better spin on wanting to lose weight. But um, let's go back to 20 years ago. You know, I grew up in the 90s. Everything was about being waif thin. That was the ideal. It was on the cover of every magazine. There was no holds barred articles, none of this political correctness around um, thinness equaling beauty. That was a fact in the world that I grew up with. Okay, so when this happened, I didn't really tell a lot of people for the first month and I was in such shock. I could literally could not eat. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I was in such shock. And um, over a period of about six weeks, I lost about 30 pounds, taking me from like a size 910 to about a size four. And of course, that is really noticeable. And the people that I worked with and the few kind of um, acquaintances that I managed to have kept over the years um, started telling me that I look so great and what are you doing and you look fabulous. And, um, you know, they were equating me um, losing weight with some sort of accomplishment when it was the exact opposite where like I had almost lost the will to live. I mean, I wasn't eating, I wasn't sleeping. Those are like two really key things to living, I think. And so, you know, over the course of the next year or two, um, I started dealing with that depression and the limiting beliefs. And I slowly started to kind of claw my way back out of the pit. But... um all of the compliments and praise that I received for losing weight made me just put this body type on a pedestal even more to the point where, you know, I felt that I needed to maintain this physique in order to be lovable. So, in I was thinking, you know, this is you know, all anybody says to me when they see me. So that must mean that that's the best thing about me because I'm not getting compliments on much else. So, um... I continued to lose weight. Um, I had very disordered eating, a lot of anxiety. Grocery shopping for just me, one little old person, would take two hours because I'd have to read every single label, every single ingredient. I was so worried about gaining weight back. It got to the point where I became a size zero, so I lost even more weight. I stopped getting my period and still the praises came, except for the people I found that really, really loved me and really knew the backstory. And so they understood that it was a symptom of something bigger, um, being like my mom. <laughs> and I do remember my boss at the time being concerned, but I was very, very skinny for my frame. So it was very obvious that I was underweight. And I knew in my consciousness somewhere that I was underweight and I was too thin because I stopped getting my periods. And so losing weight did not make me happy. Um, It seemed to make people happy for me, but it wasn't my own happiness. And it became this huge burden to maintain. And it put on me a new belief that, hey, I am more lovable, more valuable, Um, more beautiful because I am this smaller body now. And so I was just miserable. It didn't make me happy at all. And so I just want to caution people that are resolving to lose weight to really think about why you want to do that. What is your motivation? And keep going like layers and layers of why. Because ultimately, like I said in the Intro, we all just want to avoid suffering and be happy. So, really think about you know, do I want to lose 20 pounds so I look a certain way? And if that is the case, what will looking that way get me? Maybe it'll get you compliments, especially from those of us that grew up in the 90s where we, you know, put a certain body type on a pedestal and that was the goal. But Um, you know, what we really want, I think deep down, if you keep going through the layers of why, is that we just want to feel attractive. We want to feel good in our bodies. We want to feel confident. We want to feel like we look good. We want our partner to feel attracted to us. Um, you know, we want to look in the mirror and smile back at ourselves and, you know, and have that confidence that we are in the right body and feel, you know, home. This is our vehicle for life. And so, If you have to go through disrespecting your needs for hunger, your cravings for certain types of food, your activities have to all work around maintaining this weight, are you really going to be happy at the end of the day? Are you really going to look in the mirror and is that satisfaction going to last? Because I know in my own experience, it didn't and it was completely miserable. Okay, so... That is the losing weight Uh, (laughs) New Year's resolution. Moving on. Okay, one more thing before we move on. I just want to make sure that you understand that I am not anti someone wanting to lose weight. I am all for you being in control of your life and you being you know, the person that is wise enough to know what you need at that time. So if losing weight is a goal of yours, go for it. But I just want to share my own cautionary tale that all my life I thought being in a thinner body would make me happier and it didn't. Compliments (laughs) do not feed an empty stomach. Compliments do not save you two hours every day reading labels. Compliments Compliments will not prevent an anxiety attack when the waiter does not put the dressing on the side. (laughs) Okay, so now I feel like I've wrapped that up in a nice little bow. Let's continue. Okay, continuing on with the newly single Melissa's journey, I found the perfect guy. And I can be sure this was the perfect guy. For me because I can tell you that 20 years later, I am still married to this man. So it all worked out in the end, but it was a bit of a bumpy road at times, which usually um, happens regardless of your partner. So there was this handsome man sitting across from me at work, and I had not been single for most of my life. You got to think I met this fiance that had left me. When I was age 14, and now I was 21, just had turned 22 when this happened. So I'm 22 year old sitting across from this handsome, I think he was like four or five years older than me, you know, uh, later 20s, uh, very good looking man that I worked with. And we uh, were trying to resist the chemistry, but two two months two and a half months after my fiance left maybe three we got stuck in a snowstorm together so the rest is history but let's just say that shortly after i go through this crushing experience i happen to stumble upon the love of my life and start this new relationship and you know it is Romantic. I am so amazed and grateful that I've made a connection with this person, that they are willing to take on all of my very recent baggage. So it's all good, but it's not. Especially if you think that getting the perfect partner or if you're single and you think finding um, a partner is going to make you happy. Because at this time, My happiness, even before my fiance left me, was completely external to my circumstances. So I was putting my moods, my happiness, my self-worth was all tied to things external to me. And so when I found my perfect partner, which um, may not have been the perfect partner In the moment, I believe you have to grow into it, that it's going to be work no matter what. But when I met my partner, I was so obsessed with where I stood with this person all the time because, well, one, I didn't want to go through what I just went through again. (laughs) The stakes were really high. And I thought, you know, if I lose this person, I'm never going to feel happiness again. And so I became obsessed with, are they mad at me? Did I do that right? Am I, am I sexy enough? Am I, do I cook well enough for this person? Do I make them laugh enough? Am I outgoing enough? Do their friends like me? I was just obsessed. And I know we are naturally wanting people to have all these great, amazing feelings towards us, but this was another level. My obsession with this person was to the point where I created codependency and I it took me a long time to really understand what codependency meant but essentially my worth my moods were unfairly tied to my partner. So I was reading into everything they said, everything they did. I wasn't really listening or curious about what they had actually meant, I was trying to decipher where that put me on a, a point system of, am I a keeper or not? Is this going to last or not? Um, so I was constantly you know, anxious about losing this person, and the stakes of even the smallest things just became so big. It went to the point where he wasn't allowed to have an off night because that would cause me to have an anxiety attack or a breakdown, or I wouldn't be able to handle any criticism from him. and I, And I wasn't for years. A lot of counseling later, I figured all that out. But now this, when I heard this, this really rang true for me. And that is that a relationship is only as healthy as its least healthy person. And so, once I began to see that if I really didn't want to lose this person, and if I really wanted to have a happy relationship, I had to be happy outside of the relationship, which meant I had to deal with my shit. Just plain and simple. I had to deal with, you know, how I spoke to myself, how I was reading into things and making assumptions. And so, New Year's resolution number 2 or popular New Year's resolution number 2 find that person find that perfect partner and I would ask why why do you think that's going to make you happy so it would have been nice had I worked on myself <laughs> before this but you know timing was what it was and I'm very grateful that I found someone willing to walk through all my stuff with me and You know, it wasn't all bad. You know, I'm a pretty good partner myself at the end of the day. But still, learned the hard way that a partner does not make you happy. You make yourself happy. And then you can share that with someone else. Okay, popular New Year's resolution number three. Getting that new job, getting that promotion, you know, feeling like you are, you know, the person to call on, who knows their shit, who has it together, who has the money rolling in, getting to the next level in your career, whatever that may be. So during this time, um, like I said in the beginning, it seems like it wouldn't be a big deal to lose your fiance or boyfriend or live in boyfriend at the age of 21. As I explained before, this person was my whole world. And also, you know, at a very young age, I was living in a world with people that were much more experienced than me. So I graduated from college when I was 19. So I started working in the information technology field as a computer programmer and analyst. And like everything, I give 110%. And it wasn't long before, you know, management realized that, you know, I could do the job and better and better than that is I could do the job 18 hours a day and better than that, I could take over their responsibilities for managing projects and better than that, I could go, you know, meet with the sponsor and deliver the bad news and better than that, I could fix it so that nobody had to, you know, tell the outside client that the systems were down. So yeah, I could do a lot of great things but I was in a world where I didn't understand that it wasn't really fair for them to say, um, thanks for working 18 hours, no, we don't pay overtime because um, you're salaried. Um, so I was 21 and I you know, was able to burn the candle at both ends for a very long time. Now, this put me in a situation where, as you could already see, that, you know, if someone expected me to behave a certain way, that's what I did. I didn't have the life experience to say this is unreasonable or this is unprofessional. I didn't have the life experience of standing up for myself either. And so I was in a work environment where I was starting to become very uncomfortable. There were um, uh, issues of sexual harassment when I first started working And you know, I had had some incidences, but when people found out I was single, I mean, you know, I felt like prey 24/7. And there was some really unprofessional things going on at the company I worked for. Um, You know, if the Me Too movement had happened when I first started working 20 years ago, these people would be shitting their pants with all of the dirt I have on them. But, you know. I honestly did not know any better and I just wanted to roll with the big with the big guns and the and I worked with all males and I knew I didn't feel safe. I knew that I had a lack of boundaries, but I was more worried about hurting their feelings or making them feel uncomfortable than standing up for myself and respecting my own feelings. Okay. So this got to a point where, you know, I was always on guard, worried about being cornered in a room, worried whether a room, an office had windows, worried whether I was going to walk to my car at night and somebody was going to stop me. Like I was just on my guard all the time with just bad experience after bad experience after bad experience. So I thought the solution was to change jobs. I will go to a new place where people are more professional and everybody will respect me and I will no longer have this feeling of being unsafe. Well, the joke was on me because in the first year when I got this new job again in information technology I got a dose from both sides. I got um people that became obsessed with me. I had a stalker that I had to go to HR about, Um, you know, to the point where he had written me a message, could I have a picture of you because then I wouldn't have to stare at you so much. Like this is really creepy. You're working with a man who's married with five children and he has your whole routine memorized to the point where you are coincidentally running into him five times a day, even though he sits on the other side of the floor. And so, yeah, so again, I was not feeling safe. And even worse than that, because of my age, I would be in meetings. And of course, I'm the new person, so I'm learning as I go. I'm also trying to learn a new job. And I won't say exactly what it was because I want to keep these stories as anonymous as possible because what's important is the lesson I learned, not the actual people at actual places involved. But I had people that were going out of their way to try to humiliate me where, you know, instead of, you know, educating me and like helping me to, you know, move forward in my career, they would make me feel like a complete idiot that I didn't know what they had known after 30 years of being in IT. And so I was, there was public humiliation. There was people talking down to me. So, you know, moving places did not help make me happier at all. You know, there is this saying, everywhere you go, there you are. And so I just, it took me years to figure out why these things were happening to me. And I'm not saying if you get sexually harassed, that it's your fault. That is not true. These people are unprofessional. The way they behaved is 110% on them but me not feeling safe that's on me because i should have spoke up the first time something happened i shouldn't let things get to the point where i can't sleep at night i'm so scared of what this person's gonna do next and i like i said i let that kind of stuff happen More than once. So, whatever you think that new job or that promotion is going to give you in life be it respect, be it um, opportunities to shine, be it more money, all of those things stop and ask why you want those things. Coming back to why do you think that will make you happy? Why do you think moving from company A to company B? is going to make you happy because everywhere you go there you are perhaps there is a more direct route to that happiness okay so I hope by now I've painted a good picture for you on why I think resolutions suck Why I think that putting all your eggs in the basket of changing your outside circumstances is not necessarily the best way to achieve your goals. That when we think our goal is changing something outside of us, we should save ourselves some suffering some heartache and disappointment and take the time to really think about what it is that we actually desire at the end of the day because if we for example think that having the you know the thinnest body we can possibly manage is going to make us you know 110% more happy Stop and think that, not think, question. Why do I desire that? What is the underlying desire? I want to feel a certain way. And so instead of resolutions, here's what you can do. Let's focus on setting intentions. And the reasons why I love setting intentions is because intentions are not about changing who you are at the core. They are not about fixing yourself. An intention is setting a direction to create something new. So my intention for 2021 is to feel the healthiest I've ever felt. Mentally, physically, spiritually, in my relationships, my intention is to move towards the next level for me in health, in all those areas. And so I have no set path. I'm not saying that for me to be physically healthy, I have to lose 10 pounds. And if I don't lose that 10 pounds, then I've failed. And the only way that I'm going to lose 10 pounds is that I restrict this and restrict that and do this and do that. No, my trust in myself is if I listen to my body and what it needs, then I will, at the end of the year... Feel more healthy than I do now because I know in my head that I ignore when my body needs to move around and I will sit and put heat on my back instead of go walk around the block. (laughs) Or I don't want to give up working and then I throw my back out and then I can't walk around the block for the next week, if you know what I'm saying. Okay, so what can you do instead of New Year's resolutions? Set intentions. And Beyond the thought of, I intend to be healthier or the healthiest I've ever been, I would say you really need to visualize what that looks like. Know your why. Okay? So take the time to visualize what would that look like? What would that feel like in my clothes? How would I show up differently? How, if I felt healthier emotionally, how might I show up to that family dinner differently? If I felt better physically, how might I show up to play with my kids differently? How might it change the clothes that I chose to wear and my confidence in those clothes? How would it change my self-talk when I looked in the mirror and really imagine what that looks like for you. I currently work as a skin therapist, and I know that you can give them all of the tools to have the perfect skin. But if you don't they don't know why it's important to put that serum on every single night, how that relates to their end results that they want, they're not gonna do it, right? People need to understand why. You're doing the things you are doing. And so you need to allow yourself to have a taste of what you desire. And I think that when you do, then you are able to better discern whether you are moving closer to that. Okay. So for example, I know that if I was my healthiest self, that I would not spend two hours reading nutrition labels. Okay, I know I'm going off kilter because my healthiest self does not have panic attacks over nutrition labels. And I've been there and I've been there several times in my life. So, you know, my intention is to move towards that goal. And I know there's not going to be one way to get there. And I know I just need to figure out the next step and really listen to myself. And say, you know, if something's not working for me, I need to be honest with myself, scratch that off the list, not feel like a failure, and, you know, just keep moving in the direction of my intention. Okay, so, wow, that was a longer first episode than I um, had originally (laughs) thought I was going to make. Um, I am so grateful. If you are still with me here, I hope that you have found at least one thing, if not more, that's going to help you set you on your own right path and listen to your own intuition on how 2022 is going to be your happiest year yet. So I just want to leave you all with some key takeaways to help you get over the overwhelm and step into your best self. I'm not prescribing anything, take it or leave it. The first thing is an affirmation. So, when I start getting critical of myself, I'm very impatient. I want things now, now, now. I see it, I want to have it right away. And that goes for my personal development. And the thing that brings me back to center is to say to myself, and it's usually <laughs> uh, not out loud. But if you can say it out loud in the mirror all the more power to you and to this affirmation, which is i am perfect and there is room for improvement i am perfect and there is room for improvement and so this one really resonates with me because it is founded on things that I already believe. So like I took this from somebody else who took it from somebody else who took it from somebody else. But the reason why this affirmation is meaningful to me, because over the 20 years that I have clawed myself out of the pit of depression and anxiety and chronic pain and chronic fatigue, I have learned that I have what it takes. So I have a belief that I have what it takes. If I desire something, I know I have what it takes. Now, am I willing to do what it takes? That's a different story. But I believe that I am the thinker of my thoughts and I have the power to change things from the inside out. Okay? So that's another key takeaway. Check your underlying beliefs. Ask instead of tell. So be curious about how does it get better than this? How does my health get better than this? How does my relationship get better than this? How does my job get better than this? Be curious, instead of prescribing yourself, what everybody else, if you you want more money, you have to set up something with the boss and you have to lay the law down and be willing to walk away from the job unless you get the money you want. You know, sure, there's some situations where that may work and that may work for you. But why don't you try starting with a question and ask, how does it get better than this? And keep looking for the next step that will get you towards what you desire. And finally, I just want to leave you with the concept You know, the short form, (laughs) if you want to fast forward to the end of these, the short form is resolutions suck because everywhere you go, there you are. And so, if you only ever work on changing your external circumstances, at the end of the day, you're still going to feel the way you feel and you're going to be disappointed because it's not going to actually meet the underlying need that drove you to the resolution. In the first place. If you found this podcast helpful, please be sure to give me a five-star rating, (laughs) subscribe, and turn on that bell so you get notifications when a new episode for the podcast is released. If you are interested in learning how I can help you personally, please send me an email and we can set up a free consultation to discuss my coaching offerings and how it can work for you. For more information on all of my offerings, please go to my website at www.melissakissel.com. I'll link that in the show notes. And I just want to say I am so grateful you chose to spend this time with me. And I'm eager to hear what your thoughts are on this episode. So if you want to continue the discussion, please follow me on Facebook or Instagram. Again, link in the show notes. Take care, loves. Until next time.